all those red flags. And I was like, let's decorate. <laughs> let's talk about it. Welcome to my table. Stella Belafonte here, and thank you for joining me at my table on this Tuesday for another tasty top pick. We're going to have an appetizer because I'm greedy. Then there's the main course, which is what brought you here in the first place. And we'll end things with a sweet dessert. Boy, have I ever. I hope you're hungry. Enjoy. Stop it. Y'all gonna get this podcast. Yeah! <laughs> yes! Hey, hey, tasters. Welcome to my table. And this is episode 60. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? What you think about my yell? Remember I said that's the yell I'm going to use when I'm excited and joyful about something regarding this podcast life of mine, but yeah, episode 60, and I want to shout out to Taster, listener, proactive for supplying me with that tasty line of the week about the red flags. That line comes courtesy of a new show on OWN, well, it's new to me at least, called All the Single Ladies. That's a really good show. I watch it. Well, I just started watching it Friday night after Ready to Love. Tasters, do you watch Ready to Love on own? Or oh, it's one of those dating shows where they group everybody together on a, you know, like a island and cabin type situation and see who pairs off and who falls in love. It's hosted by nephew Tommy. It's good stuff. A lot of red flag situations going on in that show too. But as far as all the single ladies, I was really intrigued, like captivated. Well, the episode that I caught this past Friday night, it was four young women who seemed to, well, not just young, four black women, beautiful black women of various ages that seemed to come from religious backgrounds and their trials and tribulations in the romance world, you know, love, romance, dating, getting married, all of it. And there was one young woman who, that was her line. She said, oh, those red flags. And I was like, let's decorate. So that is going to be today's main course. But let's start off with, um, first let's get into my mentals, my mentals. First and foremost, I just want to let you all know that, again, I know that I say that my Podcast is part journal, part journalism, but I don't really want to dwell on too many super heavy topics. And there are some really heavy things going on in the world, and we just made it into the new year. But I have to talk about the senseless murder of Tyree Nichols, 29-year-old young man from Memphis, Tennessee, who was brutally murdered by five police officers. You all know the story. If you don't, you've been living under a rock and you should be ashamed of yourself. Well, Tyree Nichols is no longer with us and I just want to send love, light, and prayer to his family members who are going through so much right now. They're in so much pain for something that should have never happened. But the reason why I wanted to mention Tyree Nichols, okay, what's been messing with my mentals about this whole case. Now, you know, everything's become a debate. There's become this new debate amongst the black community about the trauma of watching videos where blacks are being brutally beaten, shot to death, or just physically assaulted by law enforcement. And that we shouldn't be watching it. You know, just it's just too traumatic. What are we doing it for? I got to be honest with you, Tasis, I watch. And the reason why I watch these videos and I watched the video of Tyree Nicholas, Nichols, excuse me. I watched the Tyree Nichols video. There were, it was split in two halves and I watched them both. They were very short, but his death, everything that happened, happened in a matter of minutes. I find myself watching because I need proof. I was talking to my cousin Glenn PJ about that. I need to know 
like before all the court proceedings, before everyone forms their opinions and they judge. I need to see for myself exactly what happened because I got to know. Like for some of these cases, like with George Floyd, Tyree Nichols, I want to know. Tell me that these men were running backwards with guns shooting at the police. I need to know that they were had a hand grenade that they were threatening to throw. Something, anything. I have to see for myself what could have possibly led up to this type of brutality, to this type of wickedness and savagery. And once my eyes have been satisfied that there was absolutely no reason for it, not saying that there's ever a reason, but I still got to know. You know, people will claim self-defense. Oh, he had a gun. I want to see. And if I can see that there was no gun and that there was the only defense, self-defense, was this man trying to protect himself from dying, then I'm satisfied. And that's why I watch. And I'm going to leave that alone. And also, you know what else is messing with my mentals? Look, everything outside of me is fucking with my mentals this week. Um, Super Bowl Sunday is fast approaching. It is the second Sunday in February. And, um... I usually don't even really deal with football until Super Bowl Sunday. I used to be such a Super Bowl Sunday fan, actually, that I would have Super Bowl Sunday get together. So I would go to them. I was really one of those people wouldn't think about football all year long until the big day. And I look forward to everything, all of the performances, the halftime, the game. I swear, I feel like there are things about football that I don't even understand until it's happening on Super Bowl Sunday. But this is what I don't understand that's getting ready to happen on Super Bowl Sunday. Cheryl Lee Ralph, let's give her her flowers. She's been getting her flowers lately. And I like Cheryl Lee Ralph as an actress. I've been looking at Cheryl Lee Ralph since I was a child. A lot of you of my tasters who are young probably only remember Cheryl Lee Ralph from the Moesha days. Oh, no, no, no. I've been looking at Cheryl Lee Ralph since the 70s. She was on Good Times, playing a girlfriend of JJ, when I was a very little girl. She was on the show that I was in love with about a bunch of um, waitresses at a fancy hotel in Los Angeles. The show was called It's a Living, and I can remember Cheryl Lee from back in those days. Now she's on the show Abbott Elementary that I still have not watched, but it gets so many accolades. Well, anyway... Miss Cheryl Lee Ralph, the diva, the dashing, beautiful actress, is scheduled to sing Lift Every Voice on Super Bowl Sunday. And my question, Tasters, is why the fuck of all the songs? Let's think about songs that we dreaded when we was kids. I don't know about you all, but I grew up in the American school system. And for some reason, I, I think it was only in urban schools, ghetto schools, because that's what it was. That's what they called black communities, the ghetto. I think we were the only schools that were forced to sing songs like that. Lift Every Voice. I never liked that song. And let me explain why. And it fucks with my mentals. You got people that complain about slave movies. Oh, I don't need another slave movie. Why don't they stop with all these slave movies? I wish they stopped with all this slave-ass music. Like, I gotta be real with you. Unpopular opinion. I didn't see when Cheryl Lee Ralph won her award. Was it an Emmy or Golden Globe? I'm not sure because I really don't watch award shows. But I did see the clips when she made her speech. And it's like, I feel like we can... It's going left. You know, she did the... She just belted out this... I don't know. It just sounded like some real Negro spiritual. Like, yes, and I am a species. And all this other shit. Like, honestly, Tasters, this is my show, my opinion. I hate it. I hate it. None of that stuff sounds like progress. It doesn't sound like black excellence or success. When I hear the lyrics to lift every voice and sing, even when I was a little girl, I remember that song used to make me so sad. It's like I was too young to be feeling whatever emotions that song was supposed to invoke. And don't have a music teacher like I did. Oh, rest in peace. To Miss Skinner, Miss Vivian Skinner, my elementary school music teacher, who was going to turn us all into um, plantation slaves, honey. She didn't just sing the first half. That song comes in like parts. And none of it, again, is positive. It just 
reminds me like even though I never been on the plantation, like some real plantation shit. I, I just imagine downtrodden slaves just wishing to be free when I hear that song. So my point is, why would you want to hear that on Super Bowl Sunday? You know? It's like bad enough that Star Spangled Banner shit. I can't stand that song either. But it's like the white people have a song that they hate, that they feel forced to sing. Like for their, you know, that they, like, is there a white sadness song? Is there songs about arriving on the Mayflower and how tough it was coming over from Europe with the rats and shit? You know, I, I hate it. Just the thought of Cheryl Lee Ralph standing outside on Super Bowl Sunday singing Lift Every Voice. You know what it is? To me, it doesn't match. It it doesn't, that that doesn't go. You know, so... Anyway, that's my mentals. Yeah, these are the things that's fucking with me with my mentals. Like, I I don't know. I just feel like 2023, you know, the, being black, just trying to be alive and, and have a normal life while black in America. Boy, they ain't going to make it an easy ride. Look, sing a song, swing low. Like, come on. Super Bowl Sunday, that's enough. So let's get into the appetizer. Had another great ladies night. Shout out to my girl, my friend, co-worker slash technician Trilly Trills. We celebrated her birthday this past Saturday night at 4040 Club in Manhattan. Tasters, how many of you remember the 4040 Sports Bar? Listen, I wouldn't even bullshit you. I didn't even know that 4040 still existed. And I got to be real with you. I had never been to that 4040 Club in Manhattan. The only 4040 that I'd been to was 4040 Club in Atlantic City. I want to shout out to my girl, Kitty. Look, my beautiful goddaughter's mother. Kitty, remember when we went to Atlantic City and we hung out at 4040? Hey, my cousin Silky Slim, we was on. You was there too. We was all at 4040 in AC. But the 4040 in Manhattan, I had never been to. So we celebrated Trilly's birthday there and it was Beautiful. All the ladies came out. Oh my goodness. I need to shout out Foxy Beige, Rosie for President, Lachey. Oh, we had such a good time. And so many of her other girls came out. And let me tell you, besides 4040 being a beautiful venue, it's two levels, gorgeous place, just wonderfully, um, the decor is just excellent. Let's talk about the food. You know I'm greedy. I know you probably said, well, who really goes to a sports bar to eat? Me. Stella Belafonte. So when I first got there, because look, I'm always the early bird. I arrived early and I sat at the bar and I was hungry. I hadn't eaten all day. So I ordered a really strong drink, something called with the word punish or punishment in it. Well, yeah, it was very, very kicky. And then I had some buffalo shrimp. So when I ordered it, I had like a whole hum attitude. I'm like, okay, buffalo shrimp, ball food, whatever. No, these buffalo shrimp were the bomb. And then... As the night went on and we made our way upstairs with the rest of the crowd, I ordered shoestring french fries and some chicken fingers. Tasters, when I tell you delicious, me and Lachey was having so much fun getting out on them fries. We was trying to figure out what the fries was seasoned with. We came up with Old Bay, Lowry's, any, just all the good shit. Well, anyway. Shout out to 4040 Club for being such a good time. The DJ, I was telling people, I felt like um I had got thrown into a time warp at one point. Like, it was a Hype Williams music video. You know, it was a lot of dudes walking around fitty caps and gold chains, but in a good way. It was, like, real sexy, like, throwback. Now everybody had their drinks. And one thing I like is beautiful is 4040 is nobody thought they was too cute to dance. Oh, we shook our asses all over that place. I'm surprised that um 4040 Club didn't shift all of this foundation fucking around with my girls. Look, our squad. Yeah, I really enjoyed myself. And again, I feel like ladies nights like this are so necessary. Whether it's for your birthday, bachelorette party, or just because. Like everybody. And it doesn't have to be at night. When I say ladies nights, just a day with your girls. And I look forward to more days like this. And I also wanted to say... And much love to my girls. My little squad. Like, they really came together. They really found a bond. Even when I'm not there. Look, the bitches even hanging out without me. <laughs> it's days that I can't go and 
they go and they have a good time and I get to see all the pics in the group chat and I love it I love it I love it so anyway let's dive into this main course red flags red flags tasters I know you hear that all the time it's probably so overused oh my god it's a red flag it's a red flag they even had a whole red flag um like a mean Thing going about two summers ago but it was really funny like everything was a red flag like if he doesn't brush his teeth two times a day red flag um if he can drink whole milk by itself red flag red flag <laughs> you know a little funny stuff but um now let's talk about some real red flags um what's a red flag as far as love and romance is concerned Red flags are, to me, the signs, whether they were subtle or super direct, in your face when you first meet someone that lets you know that A, this person may not be the person for you, or B, this person might really have a problem, or C, he might just be out to waste your time. So yeah, those are the three. I would say the top three Things that make red flags evidence. And the reason why they call them red flags. Because you know like. Red flags may not be huge. But they're bright. Just like you know. Uh, when a bull is in a bullfight. With the matador. They say that the bull sees red. And it's not that the matador's flag is so huge. But it's red. And it's waving. And he sees it. And he comes charging at it. But. In love and relationships, the object of the game is supposed to go against it. Like a red flag in a construction site when you're driving. Red flags, that's a warning. Even with what I do, when you're setting up subway tracks, a red light, that's a stop. Flashing red lights, it's no different than red flags. In the daytime, we do set up red flags. A waving red flag means stop and stay. Don't go any further. So, when it comes to love and romance, why... Are we seeing these red flags and we're not using the stop and stay while we continuing on, you know? So anyway, I have a list of my top 10. But I'm not going to say top 10. I came up with a list of 10 red flag categories that we tend as women. I'm going to keep it on women, you know, to my alphabet community, whatever you do, if you can take anything away from this too, look, this, it is appreciated, but you know, this, that, that is not my community. I'm speaking mostly to women. When I say my community, I mean women, but whether you're gay, straight, this is strictly towards women. You know, the fellas, you can sit this one out or you can listen. You can figure out if maybe these red flags are about you. And if they are about you, you need to make some changes. So um, forgive me if I'm stuttering or stumbling a little bit. I am a little tired. And a lot of times when I am at the table doing this, these recordings, it's pretty late. And um, because I'm trying to toss them out in a timely fashion, you know, I'm really a stickler for time. And I like to put my episodes out at 12 p.m. because that was the promise to my people from the start. Every Tasty Tuesday at 12 p.m., a new episode. So let's go. These are my, we're going to call it the Red 10. Let's start with number one. The Red 10, 10 red flags that I feel like a lot of us ignore in love and romance and dating. Red flag number one, lies. Lies and hiding really vital, possibly life-altering things for no good reason. Let me give you an example. You know I always got an example. Um, I'm not just talking about lying about cheating and women. You know, that's a red flag. But I'm talking about in the beginning of a relationship. If you notice that you feel like the man that you're involved with is hiding something major. Well, like I said, I was going to give an example. Years ago, I was dating an older gentleman. I spoke about him in my older but not necessarily wiser episode. And I was doing the laundry one day and I was checking his pockets. And Tay says, I wasn't being nosy. I'm not a snoop. I don't go through phones. I don't go through pockets looking for stuff. I went through his pockets to clean them out so that there wouldn't be any 
Okay, I'm going to put it out there. When I was a little girl, I learned the hard way about not checking your pockets before washing clothes. I didn't know what happens to tissue and paper towels when you leave them in your pockets. And my mother gave me a really, um, some really strict knowledge about what happens when you wash clothes with tissue in the pockets. So I'm really, like, serious about that. Like, I never wash clothes without checking the pockets. So anyway, I was getting ready to do the laundry. And I was checking his pockets. And there was a letter inside. And it was like a bulky letter. And I was like curious. Now, I, I guess you could call this snooping. So I opened it up. And let's just say his name was Charlie. It was like, dear Mr. Charlie, in reference to. And it was a really deep letter regarding his child. His one and only child that he had um, shared custody, joint custody with his ex-wife. And it was something major tasters. Like, I would never reveal the details, but it was, like, so big. He didn't discuss it with me. Never mentioned it. It wasn't, like, and put it like this, what had happened was so major. It wasn't something that he could have forgotten to tell me. I felt like he just didn't feel like it was any of my business. This man was practically living with me. Well, look, I'm doing his laundry. And he felt like whatever had happened... This important thing that had happened with his child that had to be put on paper, stamped, sealed, notarized. He didn't care to share with me. Yeah, that was a red motherfucking flag for your ass. And I didn't like that. So look out for men hiding or your, your, your lover hiding major things from you. Not just other women. That's red flag number one. Number two, red flag. Too many nevers. You ever dealt with men... Where when you first start dating them, like those few first dates, so what are you into? Um, do you like to travel? Oh yeah. Um, what about Aruba, the Bahamas? Um, Jamaica maybe? California? Look, Virginia? Miami? Oh no, nah, I never been there. I never been there. Oh, oh, okay. And what about food? You ever had sushi? Oh, no, I never tried that. Um, so what do you like? What's your favorite foods? You, you like Italian? Oh, I ain't really into Italian. I ain't never really had that. Um, Chinese? Um, I can't really say I ever ate Chinese. It's like, damn, that's a huge red flag, especially depending on how old you are. Like, I'm really speaking to my 30 and over crowd. If you are meeting men who are 30 years old and better, and their nevers outweigh what they have done and what they have experienced. That's a red flag because it's like it. It makes me wonder, like, where were you? Were you locked up? Talk to me. You know, it's amazing the things that we don't discuss or find out about our men. I know women who can say that. They didn't know that their man had been locked up before or if their man was formerly incarcerated. They never knew how many years. It's like, um, yeah, why do you have all of these nevers? And then sometimes you find out that the reason why they have so many nevers is because they don't care. They're really not into these things. And the women that they dated before you weren't into these things either. Tasters, you'd be surprised how many relationships, I mean, involving kids and even marriages are just built on laying up and fucking. I'm going to keep it a, a stack. Just having good sex. I, well, I don't know how good it is, but just laying around and having sex and doing local shit. So, yeah, that's a red flag for me. That was red flag number two. Too many nevers. Red flag number three. This is a big one for me. And it should be a big one for you, too. Men who don't read. Yeah, I'm not talking about um memes and posts that you see online. I'm talking about when's the last time this man actually sat down and read an article, a paper. When you go to this man's home, does he have books? Yeah, I'm going to brag about mine. I'm going to bring about all of mine, actually. It's very few men that I've dated that didn't have bookshelves. I'm into that. You should be reading. And if you're not reading, that's a problem. Nobody says that you have to be um, reading, you know, a book a week or a month or reading every night before bed, but reading something, anything. And let me tell you something, tasters. If you go to a man's home, he doesn't have a bookshelf, or you talk to him about any books, the basic books, it could be anything, the Bible or the autobiography of Malcolm X, anything, just about, what about certain books that you all read in school? 
especially like depending on your age group. We all got favorites from back in the days. I can remember in elementary school, everybody was in love with this little one of these old Negro spiritual books called Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cries, Sound or Anything. You really got men out here who don't remember those books or can't tell you anything about them. And I got to be honest, I feel like a lot of times when you date men who tell you things like I don't read, it's probably because they can't. <laughs> Isn't that awful? You should just watch them one day. When you just start dating a guy, pull out something like a book, a magazine, like, hey, babe, look, look at this. Take a look at this. Like, I guess people aren't big on magazines anymore. I just feel like, you know what? I came across this line right here, and this really resonated with me. Come read this with me. See if he reads with his finger. Remember I talked to you all about a guy that I was dating when I was young? Who had to use his finger to read? You'd be surprised, Taysa. So, yeah, that's a red flag. If he doesn't have a book in his house, bookshelf, any type of reading material, you shouldn't fuck him. I remember seeing a meme about that years ago. If she doesn't have books in her house, don't fuck her. Yeah, good advice. Great rule of thumb. Okay, here's red flag number four. This is a big one, Taysa. It's big to me. A red flag when you first start dating someone is when he tells really awful stories about his exes. And let me tell you, I plead guilty. I used to think that was cute. I used to love being able to say, please, his ex, she was terrible, honey. She was dirty. She never cleaned the house. She couldn't cook. <laughs> the kids used to be late for school every day. And then when I look back on it, it's like, first of all, it wasn't cool. That he shared those things with me. Like we all got a story. It's nothing wrong with having a story. But when you're dating someone. And the story of their ex. Sounds like war stories. Or something out of a movie. That's a red flag. Because you should be asking yourself the question. Outside of all the bad shit. And all, 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 all the craziness. Well, what was she good for? She couldn't cook. She didn't clean. You know, the kids was late for school every day. She didn't get along with her parents. Um, she, she couldn't drive. Look, she couldn't read. Like, what the fuck were you with her for? So beware of that. Beware. Oh, she was abusive. Just... Listen when men speak that way about their exes. Because now I want to hear what, again, what were her positives? And what about if it's not just one ex? You got men where every ex that they talk about or they mention, it was always some crazy drama. Like, I know we've all gone through things. But every ex or the ex before you, it shouldn't sound like it was World War Three. Yeah, that's a red flag. Because if you were with this woman, it makes me wonder why you sat in it so long. Well, you were just sitting around being this great man while this woman was just being the Tasmanian devil. I don't believe that. Look, it takes two to tango. Red flag number five. And I've experienced this. When he flips out or throws a tantrum and then they try to make light of it. Yeah. The very first time tasters... That a man pops off on you. When I say pop off. I experienced this. Again. The older gentleman that I was dating. My first older gentleman. You know what? I talk about him a lot. Because he shocked me. You know. He was one of the oldest men that I had ever dated seriously. And I was fairly young. I was just 30 years old. And he was about 15 years older than me. And he was so immature. You know. For him to be that much older than me. He was really an asshole. And I remember one day we were having a disagreement. I don't remember what it was about. I won't even lie to you. But his reactions, he was one of the first men that I had been involved with that started that yelling and screaming shit. I had never experienced that. I had been with men where we argued with each other or we said things that weren't very kind to each other. But this was the first man that ever flipped and the veins was popping out his forehead and his eyes was red and it was almost smoke coming out his ears like no no you shouldn't look like something out of a comic book during an argument because you're mad so yeah when a man and then would do it 
You did it once or twice, popped off on me like that. No physical violence, but just the yelling and the screaming and the shouting very briefly. And then it was like nothing. Like hours later or the next day, everything was supposed to be all right. No, that's a red flag. Because men that act like that, all I want to say is show me a man who's that way and it's a rare thing. Show me a man that popped off like that and it was a one-time occurrence. I bet you can't. I bet it becomes a thing. And it shouldn't be a thing. So, yeah, that's a red flag. And when I say tantrums, this man was damn near stomping on the floor like a child. Like fist balled up. He wasn't even looking at me the first time he popped off on me like that. It was like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, that's a red flag. Don't 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 deal with it. <sighs> Ooh, this is a tasty one. Red flag number six. Yeah, we, we, we're past the halfway point. When they have to be high or drunk to reveal their deep, dark truths. I've experienced that, Tasters. It shouldn't only be when they got a little what Igbo and Shio that the truth comes out. I was on a date with a guy like that during the pandemic, during my um, summer of shame. That's actually the second episode of my Tasty Topics. Second episode, second episode ever. And, um... We were drinking that, um, what's that tequila everybody drinks? I can't even think about it off the top. You know the shit with the white label that gets everybody all um, nutty. Well, yeah, so we were playing this god-awful card game. It was supposed to be a, like a getting-to-know-you icebreaker game for new couples. And some of the cards that we came across, he was getting like real emotional about. And it was like, why are you sad? Like, he and me, I am going to tell him because he's a maniac and I didn't like him. One of the questions was, like, what made you sad when you were a teen? And he just was like, damn, they started crying, like, when they used to call me dirty. When they used to call me bummy. So, the reason why that was a red flag, because the next day when his mind was clear, it was like, um, hey, you know, you, you all right? You, you went through some deep stuff when you was young, huh? What you talking about? What am I talking about? You was damn near ready to lay in my bosom and, and, and bear your burdens in your soul about all the things that you went through in your childhood. Oh, it was Casamigos. So the only thing that made you reveal those truths was the liquor. So outside of the liquor, you wouldn't have been feeling them feelings. Yeah, I don't like that. And, um... Like, it shouldn't just be liquor or smoke. You got some people who only get deep when they smoke, only get emotional when they got a little weed in their system or whatever other bullshit they into. That's a red flag because it's like, how real are you? If you're only real when you're under the influence of drugs or alcohol, you're not real. To me, that's, they always say that that is the truth serum and it reveals who you are as a person. So then that means when you're sober and your mind is straight, you're hiding who you are. Red flag, red flag. Fuck that. Don't deal with it. Red flag number seven. Ne'er do wells. <laughs> I always like that term. Because you are never doing well. You know what that means. You meet them and the first thing out of his mouth is, hey, you know when you ask, so what do you do? Oh, uh, well, right now I'm uh. You know, I just got laid off or, you know, I've been putting in applications. Again, after a certain age, you shouldn't even be dating men who's still in between jobs, putting in applications, um, being a wantrepreneur. You know, I saw that term before where, you know, you always coming up with these business models with no real plan and no example of success and it, uh, yeah, that, that, it's a red flag. And then, you know, in between jobs or in between homes, can't keep your own roof over your head. Because trust me, depending on your level of kindness, most ne'er-do-wells, if you're dumb enough or fool enough, they'll end up in your house if you let them. Especially, you know, if they're cute and the sex ends up being good and you get wrapped up in their stories about why they don't have their stuff together. Yeah, mm -mm. that's a red flag. Leave them alone. Red flag number eight. Socially awkward men. <laughs> yeah. 
first time you go on a date and a man has a hard time using a knife and fork, your taste is they out here or they can't sit still. I've experienced all of it. I remember years ago, I think I talked about this cat. I called him Shaheen. I was very young, and this man had never been to the West Village before. Again, we were very, I was young, but still in all. So I wanted to have lunch. It was this place that I loved called Caliente. It still exists. And I said, let's go to Caliente in the village. The first thing out of his mouth was like, yo, ain't everybody in the village that gay, right? Ain't everybody gay. Mind you, he was an ex-con, formerly incarcerated. Ain't everybody in the village gay? We get into the restaurant tasters. Here go the socially awkward shit. Every way that it will pass. Y'all think that nigga's fruitcake. Yo, there's something about him. He kind of fruity to me. You know what I'm saying? Every time I turn around, he looking at me. Yo, the whole freaking meal. Couldn't enjoy myself because everybody was fruitcake. Everybody's looking at him funny. He feel weird. So, yeah. That was some socially awkward shit. Then it got to the point where it's like, come on, Sha. Like, uh, are they triggering something in you? Are they um, unlocking a memory from your incarcerated past? Because I don't, you can't, I, don't, I know we're in the village. Everybody in the village ain't gay. Everybody ain't a fruitcake. And they damn sure ain't all looking at you. Then I remember going out with a guy where he had like that restless leg syndrome. We were at a real nice hibachi restaurant and sheep's head on the water. It was real nice. And I'm like, you good? I'm talking about under the table, I put my hand on his leg because he was shaking so bad that I could feel him next to me, like, under the table. And I'm like, why is your leg shaking like that? Oh, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm having a good time. I'm good. And then, you know, he had to kept, like, shifting in his seat and shit. Like, mm-mm. Yeah, that's, that's real red flag shit. It's like, what's wrong with you, nigga? You okay? No, you're not okay. And I feel like when you deal with men like that, other weird, not fun weird either, but strange, socially awkward shit will come out. And next thing you know, this man will be embarrassing you in front of your friends and family. And you don't need that. So red flag number nine. Men who are comfortable in crappy situations. When I say comfortable, it could be with living in a nasty home, having bad dental work. Um, because these things, like, I feel like, like, health, hygiene, just when I say comfortable in it, just doing nothing about it. Like, I remember, like I said, when I got with my big ugly, he was just the ugly works. His teeth were yellow. I had to make him go to the dentist and get a cleaning. It just so much plaque and tartar. But like I said, he was a nice guy in the beginning. He was actually a Prince Charming. He was very good to me. And I had to make him over. But it's like, why were you comfortable walking around with your teeth just piled with plaster like that? And again, nasty homes. Years and years ago, remember dating a guy that actually lived in his parents garage i didn't know that shit was real tasters i thought that was something that only happened on tv you know on tv you see somebody living in a garage so yeah i met this cat and he had a nice big truck back in the days pathfinders they, they, they had just like really gotten popular she had a real nice pathfinder he was tall he was good looking kind of goofy acting but he was a you know nice looking guy so the first time i went home with him we rolled up and I was like, yo, this is where you live. So I'm seeing the house, this beautiful house. Mm-mm. Followed him to the back. Things started getting kind of grainy and gritty and rocky on the ground. And he hit the button and that garage door went up and tasters. It was a whole king size bed, dresser, lamp. Oh, some old mushy carpet. I was like, oh my God. God, this cannot be real. And he was happy living like that. And he was actually, um, even though I was young, he wasn't an old guy, but he was older than me. At the time, I think if I was 20, he was definitely about 26 years old living like that. And he didn't see the problem. It was like, what was the problem? You being comfortable in this shit is a problem. So yeah, that's a red flag. When you meet men who are comfortable in crack, Because I feel like, not that they'll drag you into it, but 
depending on who you are as a woman, you just start to accept them for that shit. And it's like, why should you? Red flag, red flag. No. Either accept them or try to change them. And it's like, come on, these men supposed to be your lovers. They're not supposed to be projects. So, yeah. And the final red flag for me. Red flag number 10. Beware of men who cannot stop talking about an ex. I've experienced that too, and it doesn't feel good. I remember I was dating a guy that I was crazy about. And I'd say in the very beginning, again, you know, getting tipsy, liquor's truth serum. He kept talking about his ex. And as we got deeper, I realized that their breakup was like really major. It really broke his heart. And I was basically dating a heartbroken man. Like women, we only, we usually feel like it's usually us. Cause that's all you hear about, you know, looking for somebody to mend our broken hearts and sweep us off our feet and help us rebuild after we're hurting. No, like they said, when a woman gets her heart broke, I heard Lunell, the comedian say this, when a woman gets her heart broken, you know, it's devastating. But when a man gets his heart broken, it's catastrophic. It got to the point, Tastes, where I caught him one night and it just got to a point where he was just like comparing. He was like, oh yeah. Like, let's just say I had um, made some snacks for us. We were doing like a Netflix and chill and I made nachos. Oh yeah, my ex used to make like sandwiches and stuff after we watch a movie. Oh yeah, my ex. She would... Then one night I had to stop him because it's like, I think I heard him say, yeah, my girl, like nigga, stop. Like, you, you sure you want to be here? Because this house ain't big enough for you and your broken heart <laughs> so yeah tasters those are my um my red pen it was just something fun and tasty on this tuesday i didn't want to get into anything heavy or wild and but let's talk about why i've chosen to ignore certain red flags or as women why we ignore them for various reasons um Sometimes I guess out of loneliness. I don't like to say desperation, especially like if you've been off the dating scene for a while. And with like any of the things that I named, it's like, shit, F that. He taking me out. <laughs> I'm going to eat up his food and drink up his liquor. You know, he might be always talking about his ex or his teeth might be yellow, but shit, he's spending his money. So I've ignored red flags for those reasons. And um, let's get into the sex. If you happen to get sexual and physical with a man who's a red flag or two or uh what they said a parade of red flags and that sex is crazy a lot of times you will ignore his red flags i know i have you know the the term that they use nowadays is digmatized you know they've been saying that for a while but yeah good sex can really cloud your vision and what they said can make those red flags Look like six flags. Or as homegirl said in the show, all the single ladies, all the red flags, <laughs> let's decorate. But um, I just want to let you know, tasters, that red flags are not an attractive decor. You don't need red flags in your life. We all go through things. We're going to have experiences. And I also wanted to put this out there. I want to shout out to one of my tasters who got into my DM. And she was telling me, oh, I wanted to tell you all, like, people are really still um, loving my Sugar Daddy episode. They are talking about it. I'm getting DMs about it. And, oh, as far as my DM is concerned, hit me in my Gmail. Because I feel like with DMs, people express themselves. But you can say more in the email. So it's mizironbox at gmail.com. It's M-I-Z-I-R-O-N-B-O-X at gmail.com. So one of my listeners, a taster, was explaining to me that the Sugar Daddy episode, basically she was thanking me for putting her in the game. And even though I was flattered, I don't want it to ever be said that I think that I know everything about love and relationships. I'm not an expert. But I have been through a lot, tasters. I've had several experiences. And I feel like some of the things that I've experienced, you know, I got a story to tell. And I feel like I can provide some knowledge. You know, looking back, I wish that I'd had a me back then when I was going through some of my stumbles and falling down and failing at love and romance. I wish that I'd had somebody 
You know, just keeping it real with me about shit. Like, bitch, he don't like you. He don't love you. He doesn't give a fuck. He's not a good dude. He's nasty. He, he's disgusting. You can do better than him. I needed to hear things like that. Or I needed somebody to be honest about the fact that it's okay to have these feelings because I'm human. And there's nothing wrong with me for having these feelings or going through the things that I go through. No, it's not because I'm stupid. It's not because I'm a goofy. It's not because I'm a doormat. You know, these are the things that if you let it will crowd your thoughts and build up inside of you as a woman. And it's like you don't know how to operate out here in these streets with these men. So, yeah, I am here to put my ladies up on game. And again, to all of my well, where your ring at? You ain't married. So, no, not today and maybe not tomorrow, but I intend to be. And even if that doesn't happen anytime soon, it doesn't make me any less knowledgeable or the things that I've experienced any less deep or true just because I don't have a ring on. And I'm going to touch on that on another um tasty topic. What do you think about all of these women who... um? And especially Hollywood right now, you know, these celebs, these broken engagements and broken marriages who are basically stating that marriage is trash and it's not for them. Oh, yeah, that's another tasty topic for another day. But anyway, <sighs> do I want to give up this? I know you fucking lying. Oh, before I go there. Let's talk about another reason why I've ignored red flags in the past. Honestly, hoping that things will improve. I definitely have accepted and overlooked red flags thinking that things will get better. The deeper we get, the more he likes me, the better the sex is. And um, that hasn't been the case actually ever. I can't think about any time that I chose to ignore a red flag and look past it and it turned out for the better. So anyway, um, <laughs> I don't know if this can be considered a red flag, but it's definitely, I know you fucking lying. So years ago, I went on a date with a guy and um, they used to call it a nightcap. So we went back to his house. He was like, oh yeah, we want to have some drinks or whatever. I guess I was young and dumb back then. And he lived in the Bronx. Oh my God, he lived in Parkchester. Go home with a nigga in the Bronx now. You may never see the light of day again. Well, anyway, I go home with this man. So we're going to his apartment. Like I said, he lived in Parkchester houses. Anybody that's familiar with Parkchester, you know, um, it's a co-op complex. Big in the Bronx. It's been around for quite a few years. And, um... You know, some of the apartments are really nice. So we get to this apartment. It's really nice, big, roomy, one-bedroom apartment. You know, elevator building, nice hallways. Everything was clean until we got inside his house. The first thing I noticed was it didn't smell fresh. It didn't. It wasn't funky, but I don't care. You know, some people say, well, you know, that's a bachelor pad. I don't care if it's a bachelor pad. I like a man's home to have nice smells. I'm spoiled that way. I have gotten used to dating men who have nice homes that smell nice. I date men who burn candles and everything. Yes, I'm talking about my Batman. He's a candle burner. So this man's house didn't smell like candles, oil, incense, none of it. And, um, but it was big. It was roomy again. You know, big, nice apartment. So anyway, um, I think he said, of all things, he was about to make pina coladas. I think he just bought a blender. And he was so excited. He was like, yo, you drink pina coladas? And he was about to make us pina coladas. So I'll never forget. He had Grandma Ye in the house. And he said, I'm going to make Grandma Ye pina coladas. I was like, okay, that's a different spin. And I sat down. So you know how you sit? And the lights were kind of low. He had like two nice big lamps. You know, the big floor lamps. And he turned the floor lamps down. And I thought I saw some, something scurry across the floor. I'm like, nah, that's just me. Because it was kind of big. I was like, I know this man ain't inviting me in here. And there's a mouse running across the floor. But I was like, you know what? It happens. So, I let that go. Tasters, I looked up. It was roaches. Like, scurrying across the ceiling. Like, little roaches and I jumped up I was like whoa this 
This this ain't real. This this can't be real. Remember that movie Joe's apartment? Yeah, we won't call this man Joe. I was like, okay. So I went in the kitchen. You know, like I, I it startled me to I don't know what made me look up and they were definitely running across the ceiling. So I just felt like what they said, the, the, the fight or flight, where well, you ain't fighting with roaches. So I flew out of the living room and I really ran into the kitchen on a, you know, like, hey, what, what you doing? Like, I didn't want to embarrass him, but I was nervous. And when I went in the kitchen, tasted this man had the blender going and I'm looking and it was like roaches running across his sink. And I was like, this can't fucking be real. And he just seemed to be oblivious. To all the fucking roaches. And I looked at him. And he could see the discomfort in my face. But he didn't get it. He was like, oh, what's going on with you? You good? No, nigga, I'm not good. I'm not good. And I was very young back then. I I, I couldn't even. I, I wasn't thinking about driving. I didn't have a car. There was no Uber. It just was like, get me the fuck out of here, please. So I told him, I was like, you know what? I got to go. I thought that I can hang out, but I got some things to do early in the morning. He was like, you're really leaving. You know, I thought we was going to have a nice time. I was like, mm -mm, no, no, no. I got to go. Got to go. Got to go. I couldn't fucking believe it. Like, tasters. And again, red flag. This is a red flag. He was comfortable living like this. It's not like these roaches were new. Or they just arrived when I got there. But they definitely um made their presence known. They was there to show off upon my arrival. And the only thing I could think is when I was sitting down, that big shadow that I saw scurry across the floor, it probably was a fucking water bug. Like, oh, God, just the thought. So, ooh, taste this red flags, red flags. And, um, yeah, that's the I know you fucking lying. But today's Tasty Tuesday. <laughs> So anyway, tasters, um, I enjoyed myself. This was a, I, I, I enjoyed this episode. I hope you all enjoyed it too. Again, I appreciate all the feedback. Ms. Ironbox at gmail.com. And again, shout out and thank you to taster, listener, proactive for providing me with um material for today's episode you know with that whole line from all the single ladies and yeah tasters when you get a chance get into all the single ladies on own because i definitely plan to um catch up on any episodes that i've missed and ready to love and let me know what you think and again hit me in my gmail let me know if you have any ideas or things you want me to touch on or have any questions. Or, like I said, maybe need a little advice since I've been told that I'm putting you up on game. <laughs> so that's the end of this episode, Tasters. Be safe out there. Take care. Bye.